Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. We are back at it again. Everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. It's Monday. We have an exclusive interview coming to you guys, and you're not going to want to miss this one. It's it's an exciting interview for a couple different reasons. So first, we are speaking with someone today, or rather, I'm speaking with someone today, and you as the listener get to hear the byproduct, which is the conversation that we have. Now, this person that we're going to hear from is an incredible, incredible achiever. This is someone who comes from a very diverse background, has had a lot of experiences in life that has brought this person to become who he is today. He shares his story on the show. It's incredible. You do not want to miss it. And second, I really enjoyed this conversation because I've come to know this man, Mr. Tayo Roxon, as, as somewhat of a friend. I mean, we have never met face-to-face as one of those e-relationships that are so kind of strange but so uh, you know familiar today in the world that we live in, being so connected via technology. But Tayo has some, is someone that I can chat with about basketball, which we've done many occasions. He's an avid LeBron fan, so do not hold that against him. Do not turn off the podcast if you are not a LeBron fan. But anyways, we'll, we're going to get back into his bio here just so you can get a feel for who this man is and what he's accomplished. So Tayo Roxon is the founding editor of Branded You and the CEO of UYD Media. And UYD stands for Use Your Difference. And it's, it's something along the lines of use your difference to make a difference. And both companies are committed to helping millennials, which is why he's such a perfect fit for our show, to pursue their passions and careers they love while making a difference. And here's the incredible part. His work has been seen on the Huffington Post, among Worlds Magazine, as well as Global Living Magazine. He is an authority on third culture kids and assimilation into new cultures. He is the author of The Ultimate Guide to TCK Living, and through his podcast and blog, he is heard and read by thousands of people in over 100 countries. That is no joke. So really quick, just to give you uh, a, a, the reason why he's able to talk about these things and helping third culture kids and millennials. He grew up in four different continents, and that's why he is considered a citizen of the world. He's lived in Sweden, Burkina Faso, Nigeria, Vietnam, and the United States, and his goal is to ultimately leave the world a better place than it was before he came into it. So guys, Tayo is someone that you're going to learn a ton from. He's really accomplishing things on a high level. And let me just stop talking and get into the conversation. So without further ado, here it is, my conversation with Tayo Roxon. Enjoy. You are listening to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Fuel 101, the six steps to take you from where you are to where you want to go. This is one of those books that basically 
takes all the things that are being shared on the podcast, puts them into a practical, applicable form, applicable kind of framework that's going to allow you to pursue your passions, dreams, goals, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish in your life at this point in time. It's going to take that, put it into a framework, and help you get there. And just for tuning into the show, go to the Rocket Fuel 101 in Numbers Book.com, the Rocket Fuel 101 Book.com. Put the book in the cart, type in promo code PODCAST. Once you get to the checkout, you are going to receive 25% off any and all purchases from that site just for tuning into the podcast. Again, go to therocketfuel101book.com, buy the book, enter promo code PODCAST. You're going to receive 25% off any and all purchases. This is one of those books that's literally going to transform your thinking. You can see a bunch of testimonials on the site. There's some informational videos and a bunch of goodies there. Check that stuff out. See for yourself what the hype is all about. You want to get yourself a copy. Don't be late to this party. Again, promo code podcast is going to get you 25% off any and all purchases. And I'm just going to say now, enjoy the book because we know you will. Tayo, welcome to the show. Uh, so excited to be on, Philip. Thank you. Uh, last time we did this, you were on my show, and now I'm on your show, so it's uh, it's an honor. I know. It's it's come full <laughs> circle, and I'm, uh, I'm really excited to dive in with you today because you've been at this quite a significant uh, amount of time longer than I have, and uh-huh. uh, you know, you've been accomplishing some incredible things. And uh, so just to kind of introduce you to my listeners, if you wouldn't mind giving us a little background story on uh, how Tayo Roxon became the Tayo Roxon of today. All right. Well, it all started on the 30th of October, 1989. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm 26 years old, and I, uh, I describe myself as a media executive who loves telling um, stories to impact our generation to, and inspire them to be better leaders. I, um, you know, I, I, I'm Nigerian. I grew up as the son of a diplomat. My dad uh, you know, ended up having a job where we would move every four to eight years. And as a result, I ended up growing up in you know, in five different countries and four different continents throughout my, uh, my, um, you know, my adolescent years. And what I experienced during that time was that I was always in between cultures. You know, I was always, you know, the only this, the only that. And in the process of trying to find my place and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I, I fell in love with media. I fell in love with media at a very young age. And media, for me, I remember, you know, the, being the 10, 11-year-old kid who would come back home and you watch the, you know, the, the standards, the Nickelodeons, the Disney's and everything. But the other staple that I would watch was the Oprah Winfrey show. Huh. And that, <laughs> I know this is something I'm admitting, but I, I, I love <laughs> I fell in love. I fell in love with Oprah. Um, and, and, and the reason I did was I remember being able to to see myself in almost every one of the guests. And I, I loved the way that me being in, in a country West Africa could be inspired by someone who was filming in Chicago. And I, I remember having that feeling like I want to do something similar. So I, I got inspired there. And then I also read, you know, a story and a book on Nelson Mandela shortly thereafter. And um, anyone who knows, you know, the late Nelson Mandela, he did a tremendous amount of work for for inspiring, um, you know, unity in South Africa and, and, and um, freeing them from the apartheid system. So, I, I, you know, those were my two biggest influences growing up. I wanted to sort of fuse what they did and apply that to my life, whether it's, it's make a global impact while telling the right stories. So fast forward to, uh, to, to high school. I went to a boarding school in Nigeria. I moved to Virginia for my 
for my um, university years. And I thought initially the first path to get there was to be a diplomat. So I took pre-law. I didn't quite know what would be the best way to get there. And I quickly realized that, you know, that law wasn't for me. You know, I, prefer, <laughs> I preferred watching law, you know, on TV, like Law and Order. Yeah, exactly. Or, or Suits now. It's like this, this stuff that they do, I can't do this stuff. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so then I, I, I started to get a little bit discouraged. I found marketing, you know, I liked it. So I, I graduated from that. But between 20, ages 20 and 21, I was applying like mad to jobs to, to really find a place to fit what I wanted to do. And, you know, I applied to over 85 jobs and they all said no. Hmm. And as you can imagine, I felt, you know, just discouraged. I was like, wow, well, I'm just going to take the first job that gives me an offer at this point. So I, I did that. And, um, you know, I, I felt, you know, cheapened, but I, at the same time, I felt like yeah, I've been trying for too long. You know, this is a job. I'm, I'm a foreigner anyway. You know, they're going to give me a visa. I can't complain. So I did that. And, Despite having a series of of um, hints that I shouldn't stay in the job, I stay. You know, I stuck it. I stuck it out. You know, the first hint was me waking up startled in the middle of the night and uh, proclaiming to myself that I can't believe that this is going to be the next sixty years of my life. And I was like, "Wow, it's you know, I, this is just a job that I hate, and I, I feel like I can do the job in two hours instead of eight hours." Mm. Um, so, but that was the first hint, and I I sort of just I, I stuck it out. Still, I was like. Whatever. And then I love basketball so much. So I, 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 I saw an opportunity to go to New York City because LeBron was with the Heat at the time and he was playing uh, the Knicks. So it was a chance for me to see my mentor who was working in New York as well as watch a game and be in a city that I'd always fantasized about. And I remember, Philip, once I landed, the first time that I got there, I was like, this is the energy that I felt when I was that 10, 11, 12-year-old kid. You know, the last time I felt this energy was when I was like 15, 16. And I just remember thinking, I have a weird sense of um, creativity here, you know, like the Alicia Keys, Jay-Z song, you know, yeah. you have this, this concrete, concrete, whatever the cliche you can think of, I just felt like, wow, you know, prior to this, I've been living, uh, living in this like uh, um, sleepy college town and I didn't really, you know, I just become routine and it just woke me up a little bit. Um, so I didn't quite take the leap, but I, I was, a seed was planted in my head. And a couple months later, I was driving to the same place of work that I had grown to to despise, and a car swerves into my lane, cuts it into half, and all of a sudden, I'm spinning. I'm spinning all over the highway. And then I hit the left guardrail pretty hard, and I, I swing around and hit the right guardrail. At this point, I think I'm certainly going to get T-boned. I'm like, this is it. This is it. And then I, my car goes back to the left guardrail, and the car lifts up. And I, I think I'm about to flip over the bridge. And I'm, I'm like, wow, this is it. I'm 22 years old. Uh, I don't, and, and the only thing that I kept saying to my head was, I haven't done anything that I said I was going to do. And um, miraculously, I, I was able to get out of that accident. It was a three-car accident. My car was totaled. But surprisingly, I was, uh, I was, nothing happened to me. You know, no whiplash, no anything. The only thing was like an emotional injury. I was shocked. Yeah. I was like, in, I was in shock. And right then and there, I was like, this is it. I haven't done anything else I'm going to do. So I, I quit my job, moved to New York City to get my MBA with the idea of making New York City my campus. And um, I re-fell in love with media and started podcasting. And that sort of led to a whole bunch of things that I'm sure you're going to ask about, but th yes. that was, uh, that, that was kind of my interest. That was my, my path to becoming, uh, myself, I guess. 
Yeah, and man, what an incredible story! And um, you know, just your podcast, kind of the, the title says it all, as told by nomads. I mean, having lived on all these different continents and experienced all these different things, uh, and then to end up in New York City, which is the melting pot, one of the major melting pots of our world, um, it's just really an incredible, incredible place for you to land. I think it's very fitting. Um, so I, I guess I want to start with what was it like for you? Uh, coming over to America for the first time, what was what was that culture shock like for you? What did you think of the people? Did you know you wanted to be in America? What was that like? You know, for me, growing up in different parts of the world, my, my first culture shock actually happened in, in Burkina Faso. So I first, um, you know, started moving around when I was one, and that was to Sweden. So, you know, you're not really cognizant of what's going on. I mean, it's a cold country, and it's a very nice country. People are nice. Um, and, and food is great. And, but, you know, you don't really, you know, and not really cognizant of that. So when I was 10 and I had moved to Burkina Faso, it was the first time I really became cognizant of the fact that I was in American international school and I was amongst Europeans. I was amongst, uh, um, um, Americans. And I, I, then I felt, you know, a significant amount of culture shock because, Prior to moving, I was so excited, but then I got there and I felt alone because everybody had the clicks. There were several accents at play. I had a, a very, very strong, I had a much different accent than I did now. Now my accent switches back and forth, but um, I had a much different accent. So I just really felt out of place. And I would come back home a few times saying, you know, talking to my mom, like, I don't know, I don't know if I can do it. You know, this <laughs> is like, this is tough. And she would, she would hang in there, but she didn't, she would tell me to hang in there, but she didn't really quite know how to deal with the emotion I was feeling. So I decided to sort of look at my environment and I said, hey, you know, I, I like sports. You know, at the time, I only like what I used to call a football then, but it's, it's now soccer. Mm-hmm. I, I only like that. So I was like, I noticed that everyone, all these kids seem to play different sports. So I, um, I said, why don't I just figure out how to play basketball and tennis? So I went to the library. I checked out every book. This is very unconventional, but I checked out every book on, on basketball so I could know the history. So I knew everything from like Dr. Naismith to Kareem to Magic to Bird. I just wanted to study the game. So I studied that. And then back in the day, they used to do Sports Illustrated for kids. So I would pick up Sports Illustrated for kids and sort of keep up with the current players and who was cool. And then once I felt like I knew what I was doing, I, I just went to the best basketball player on campus and I said, hey, I would love to uh, love it if you could teach me how to play basketball. You know, I know all the basics. You know, now it's a, it's a matter of putting it into practice. Yep. And, and uh, he, he said yes. And then the one on ones became two and twos and they became three and threes and it became four and fours. So pretty I started to discover the power of um, finding your connectors. So sports for me did that. So I found. I started to get more friends by playing more after school activities and just being involved with some of the stuff. They started to invite me to things like youth group and that, that started to, to grow uh, my confidence. Um, so I was, I was, I started to navigate that. That helped me. I did that with tennis as well. And then um, I also made sure I learned the capital of each of all the countries in the world so that I could at least say one city or one water body in any country that I met, you know, anyone from a foreign national that I met, I was like, oh, you from this country, you from that. And, you know, I started to just intuitively pick these things up. And it was almost a means of survival because I, I was at the point where I said I was either going to have I'm going to be here for four years. And if I don't make any friends, I'm going to be lonely or I have to find a way to do that. So out of necessity, I I learned this, the, these skills to, uh, to qualify. So I started to understand American culture more. Uh, it was an American school. So I knew a lot about, you know, the basketball, the sports, the 
you know, kind of the vernacular, uh, the books and all that kind of stuff. So when I went back to Nigeria, it was actually the uh, the opposite. A lot of people thought I was African American by that time because I had so uh-huh. I, I had so adapted to the to the to the culture. So um, um, yeah, so I was able to code switch back and forth. So when it came time to move to the states, really, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't hard at all. I, I was you know I fit in. I think the <laughs> <laughs> the arguments I used to have was actually convincing them that I was Nigerian because they're like, ah, no, you're not Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, no, no way, no way. So by the time I came to the states, um, um, I, I, you know, figured out ways to adapt, and it wasn't a culture shock moment. It was almost like I, I knew I was going to end up there anyway, so uh, I was, I was ready. Yeah, and you, you had a, a very nice entrance in getting kind of that experience at that school, and because obviously, you know, we, we. We chat basketball uh, now and again, and so I'm just curious. Growing up, who was your favorite NBA player? Oh, first favorite basketball player was Allen Iverson. That, oh, that was my, my goodness. First. <laughs> he, when you think back, and you know, we've kind of had a resurgence of him because of him yeah. being inducted to the Hall of Fame. But yeah. watching his clips, he was an incredible basketball player. I, I had his first pair of shoes. I mean, everybody yeah. wanted to be able to dribble like Allen Iverson. Seriously, no, look, I, I you know, I, my parents didn't let me grow. So I had like the the long arm sleeve uh, Iverson jersey. That I, I wore, I'm looking back at my, myself in high school. Oh no, high school, middle school. I wore baggy shorts and everything. I'm like shaking my head. I'm like this. I can't. I can't believe I thought this was cool. But yeah, I had every single Iverson gear you could possibly have. And you know, for me, I I'd, I'd missed the Jordan era. You know, you just sort of you saw that like in in highlight reels in Nigeria. But you didn't quite see the Bulls. I saw like the tail end of his career, but then I saw the Wizards Jordan, which is not quite, yeah. you know, the greatest player. But Iverson for me was that lightning rod where, you know, he he was sort of doing his own way, and people hated him, people loved him. But I was like, you know, this is my guy. I'm going to pick him up. Um, so yeah, so that was my first favorite basketball player, Allen Iverson. Yeah, he, I mean, he was especially you know you're a couple years older than myself, and yeah. for our age group, I think that's that's right spot on with with who we were all looking towards because you know like you said, Jordan was hitting the tail end of his career. Uh, you you saw him on the Wizards a little bit, which is not you know being uh, my dad's from Chicago, and we did not like to remember Jordan as the Wizards Jordan. We kind of like to forget that he even played for the Wizards. So. I can imagine. And um, you know, all, all the, although I look back at Jordan's. Some of the stats he he played all eighty two games in his last year. Yeah, I mean, and you know his, years his stat sheet yeah. was not that bad. I mean, he the yeah. thing is, is you he, he he could not outdo the Jordan that he was. There just was no way that he yeah. was ever going to outdo you know ninety ninety five through ninety eight Jordan. There's just no Ooh. way. Yeah, so. no, no, that was incredible. I mean, just looking back, you know, because I, I now I don't know if you get this, but when you know my favorite athlete of all time now, I mean, I followed LeBron since he was in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Iverson and then LeBron. That that when I went into LeBron, whatever I felt for Iverson was magnified because LeBron is like, I just love the guy. So um, whenever you you have conversations, I, I go to barbershops a lot. And there are many Jordan people that get, you can't even mention anything. It's yeah. like Jordan, then there's nothing else. So I would have loved to see why they feel that strongly because it's one thing looking highlights, but you know it's another thing to actually grow up in that time. Like I imagine when we're older and we're talking about Steph Curry or how how he's the greatest shooter of all time, you know, some kids would be like, "No, but this kid is better." Yeah, yeah. Nope, nope, nope. You didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. To see it firsthand is just, and and he is having an incredible year, and LeBron as well. Like you said. 
uh, and this is turning into the basketball show, but LeBron, I mean, <laughs> us, us growing up, watching him come out of high school into the yeah. NBA the same draft year as Carmelo and a bunch of other greats, um, it was just really yeah. an exciting time for basketball. And I think, uh, you know, no doubt, even this year, how he surpassed so many people on not just points, but steals and rebounds uh, on those all-time lists. I mean, he's definitely got a case uh, for being one of the greats of all time. So let's transition back into the, <laughs> into our original conversation. Let's um, go, yeah. So I, I'm curious, what did you learn about yourself? Uh, you know, being at that European uh, or at that school where there was a bunch of European uh, nationals, where you were trying to fit in, trying to learn these sports. What did you learn about yourself? You know, when you first got to that school and you're trying to make all these friends and you're reading up on all these different sports, what were some of the big things you found out about yourself during that period? One of the things that I found out myself is that I had a I had a sense to I had a desire to connect to people. Um, it, it, I mean, it, the reason I, I took the hours to read about basketball and soccer, I mean, also and tennis, was because I I wanted relentlessly to be able to reach an audience and you know to reach people, but also to be able to feel like I belonged. So I discovered that I, I had that sense of uh, wanting to belong, but I also discovered that I I had a competitive streak in me. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that I'm pretty competitive, um, and and it, for me. Growing up the way I did and seeing the world through different lenses, I had seen like opportunities, and that's all I kept seeing. Like, why in this country this works this way, this country doesn't work this way? It'd be interesting if we could make that happen. And the only way that I felt like I could make that happen and be a person who could be someone that uh, that people will listen to and ultimately understand, you know, like um, respect. I felt like I needed to to ultimately be someone that could speak across several cultures. So I, I found that I had a a desire to connect uh, to people. I found that I had a desire to want to make things better, and I found that I, you know, I, I had a, a desire to um, to be compete uh, to to just be the best version of myself. And it's not a competition against others; it's a competition against myself. When I'm saying I'm very competitive, it's because I, you know, if ever I saw a flaw in myself, I'd be like I got to fix this. I got to make sure I'm better. I got to grow into the person that can achieve this this dream that I want to achieve. Uh, and that was just what I found about myself. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a great distinction to make being competitive with yourself versus competitive with others. Uh, and I think you are one of these people who are really bringing a voice to the millennials. And so, you know, you yeah. striving to be a connector and all these things. I mean, I think you are doing it at the highest level uh, and I really commend you for that. Wow. And so because, <laughs> Thanks. yeah, of, of course, of course, Dial. So because, you know, you do have a lot to your story, I want to kind of fast forward. So you're working at this, you know, you applied to 80 plus jobs, didn't get mm -hmm. uh, any job offers. And I know the feeling and it's so strange because, you know, us millennials, we go to college and we expect mm -hmm. that on the day we get our diploma, we're going to have companies lining up uh, at our graduation right after we walk off the podium, you know, handing us job offers. And right? for myself yeah. and for a lot of others out there, it just did not work that way. Um, but ultimately, you ended up in this job that you really didn't have a passion for. So, um, you know, I guess we could phrase the question this way, you know, looking back at your younger self, would you allow yourself to take that job to kind of learn these lessons about yourself, learn that you didn't want to do these things, learn that you wanted to do something on your own, or, or would you have done it differently? No, I wouldn't have changed anything at all. I, I feel like, um, you know, there are no coincidences. I think things happen for a reason. And for me, I, I don't think I would become the person I am if I didn't experience that. I think, mm -hmm. you know, life puts you presents those challenges to you so that you can be uh, able to appreciate your destination when you finally get there. 
Uh, and it's, you know, I saw an image today of, of someone saying the journey to success. And it was this guy pushing up this incredible, incredibly heavy rock across, you know, up a mountain. And it kept going back, coming back down, rolling back down. We eventually pushed it up there. And I think if, if it was too easy for me, I wouldn't be able to appreciate anything. I mean, I also wouldn't be able to relate to people because now if I go on stage or I'm talking to other people, I can, you know, there are many people that can relate to the idea of getting rejected. There are many people that can relate to the idea of, of um, doing something that they don't want to do. And that's how your your story becomes richer. So wouldn't change a thing. Um, and I, I'm grateful for everything that happened. It's 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 more of a matter of um, um, making sure others realize that uh, sooner. Uh, and that's my journey. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think you're you're definitely doing that. And so let's transition into UYD Media. Can you just speak a little bit to that and what the purpose of, of UYD Media is? So UYD Media is formed on the premise of my mission statement, which is use your difference to make a difference. And um, once I started the podcast, as told by Nomads. Uh, it, you know, it was, <laughs> I, I, the reason I started that was because I snuck into a, an Ariana Huffington event as, to cover <laughs> it as a, to cover it as a blogger. And then, she, you know, I was like, I'm going to learn as much about media and Ariana Huffington is Huffington Post. So I sat there and I was writing down, you know, notes so I could cover it as a blogger. And then she made a joke about her accent. And, you know, she said she has this thick Greek accent, but at one point she wanted to change it because she felt like that would give her access to more people and you know someone had said that no it's you know it's who she is she should keep it blah 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 and she turned into a joke but I remember thinking there sitting there like I relate to that experience and you know I've gone through several accent changes and I wonder if there's a platform for people that look like they're not supposed to sound and sound like they're not supposed to look so the podcast idea was formed there I said I was going to be that voice I started um and and I started doing that I said I defined myself as a TCK a third culture kid and a third culture kid re- refers to people to spend the formative periods of their lives outside of the parents' culture. So diplomatic kids, uh, army brats, missionary kids, they tend to fall into this category. So I basically went on Twitter, used the hashtag TCK, and anyone that identified as that or had that in bio, I reached out to them and said, hey, I would love to interview you. I see that you, you refer to as yourself as a TCK. I would love to talk about your perspective uh, from this lens and how you see the world and how you see business and how you see you know, culture and being a millennial. Um, first time I got an 85, like over an 85% response rate. And I was like, Whoa, I'm, I'm used to people rejecting me and everybody's saying <laughs> yes. So I like, wow, I, I, I just promised them I was going to create a podcast and I guess I have to do it. So I studied that, uh, quickly built the podcast and then put it out there into the, into the ether. And then it started to do really, really well to my surprise because people were like, this is a fresh perspective on the world, fresh perspective on business. I didn't see the world that way. I didn't even know what a TCK was. This is thanks for educating <laughs> me. So I was like, okay, this is good. This is good. I maybe I always wanted to be in the media. Podcasts sort of accidentally happened. Maybe this is my foray into it. And um, out of that, I started uh, blogging more and more. And I, when I blogged one day, I said, I think we all need to learn how to use our differences to make a difference. And then, you know, it stuck. I was like, what if I say UID, use your difference in media, something like that. And then um, it, it, I, I opened it up to people uh, across the world to share their stories with me on what their perspective was from their, their vantage point unfiltered. And that's essentially what the media platform is. It's a combination of podcasts that I produce, articles that I um, um, edit uh, and write myself, 
and have people share stories. And the whole premise is to really educate people on what the world is like, to have them see the world as digitally and global as it truly is through their lenses. So that's what it is. Yeah, and and just for you listeners out there hearing this, you need to check out uidmedia.com because really it's it's such a great resource. And that's that's how I got linked to you. I found your podcast and was listening to it and was just blown away with this different perspective that people had of the world that I didn't share. And it was so enlightening and opening and refreshing for me to hear this stuff. And then going on you know, your site and seeing all the different blogs and opinions and columns and videos and all these different things that you share, it's really an incredible resource. Uh, and and you know, being millennials that we are, I think it's a great resource specifically for millennials, which is the vast majority of people listening to my show as well. And then now, so Tayo, now you have this new venture. Um, mm-hmm. This thing that you are currently working on, um, and I'll let you speak to it. What are you up to right now, and uh, and what is the mission of this new thing that you're doing? So what I'm working on is called Branded You. Branded You is a career discovery site for today's generation, and it, it essentially brings industry experts from you know the world's most innovative brands and beloved brands together, you know, with unique educational and career opportunities. And the whole goal is to inspire educate and empower millennials to build a career doing what they love. Now, we started the interview saying this is a full circle moment where I, I, I first had you on my show and now you have me on your show. This is also a full circle moment for me because <laughs> the first guy that gave me my job is, is, is the same guy that actually brought me to do this. Wow. And, um, and I, I remember the, the mentor that I came to New York City to watch the game with, it's the same guy. Man. So he, he had observed what I was doing with UID Media and what I still do with UID Media Podcast. And he said, hey, you know, I, I run this company. We're starting this venture, but you, we, we want someone who knows what he's doing in the media game and who understands millennials to come lead this. And what it basically is, is a career discovery. This is what you're going to do. And the whole premise is whenever you grow up, it's like you think, I want to be in sports. I want to be in music. I want to be in, in tech. I want to be in that. But you don't actually have resources to people or industry experts from themselves telling you the day-to-day what exactly it's like, the career path that they took. And he, he said, that's the kind of problem we're trying to solve so that we make sure millennials actually go into careers that they love or discover the different other options that exist. You don't have to be a model just to be in fashion. You don't have to be an athlete just to be in sports. So my job and what I've done is essentially gather all these resources um, and run the editorial. So I, I get these experts, I produce the videos, I do the interviews, I run their podcast, and I create this resource, you know, with, with, you know, with the hope of, um, um, you know, inspiring them to really take action in, in careers and not make the same mistake I did, which is fall into that job that, that I hated. You know, more than any gen- generation, millennials want to merge their passions with their career aspirations. You know, 79% of them define success as being able to do something that they're passionate about. So why not find that marriage? And um, that's exactly what we do, you know, with a lot of the videos that, that you see. And if you go on the site, brandedu.com and on um, several social media platforms, we, we recently launched it. We're only now starting to put some of these videos out. But the past, you know, three months I've been, you know, making sure I've been getting as many videos I could have so I can produce one video a day at least. And, and it's been a lot of work. But, um, it, you know, I, I, the whole mission is to, to make sure resources are are available to millennials to um, to have access to whatever career path that they may hope for. 
Yeah, and and I'll just I'll speak on uh, you know being an outsider checking out the site. It's incredible, and the videos really are super well done. And you do get to hear from these people at these companies that we all aspire to work at, or we think we aspire to work at. You know yeah. the the um, the the Hulu's and uh, all these different companies that you have people come in and share what their experiences. I think that's really something that has been lacking with millennials because you know similar to you, you know I started my college career wanting to be in exercise science. And then I switched to journalism and then I switched to marketing. It's like, we have, we really aren't sure what we want to do. And it's tough to say, and and it's so tough to be like, Hey, 18 year old kid, pick a major, uh, that you will potentially spend the rest of your life working on or at. (laughs) And, uh, it just doesn't make sense. And so I think to give people perspective is really incredible. No, what's funny when I'm doing these interviews, I'm listening to them. And they have some of the crazy career paths. And, and that's what I want people to see. It's not like, because gone are the days when you have to stay in a job for 20 years. Yes. I mean, they're, they're, they're the averages you change every two, three years. But some of these people, when I'm talking to them, they, you know, you, you can see DJ to executive. You can see sports guy to this. You can see bookie to that. I mean, it's like such a varied career path. And I think sometimes society defines um, success for us millennials and they've labeled us as such where I think it's okay to show that it's you don't have to do this. You don't have to start here to get to where you want. It's okay to to say I can do this now, but it's okay that it changes in the future. And part of the other part of the other reason that I'm doing this is you might think that you want to get into a certain industry, but if you listen to them talk, you discover that maybe that's not for you. Mm-hmm. That's the other reason that the, the the resources are there, so you can see that and not you know get the romanticized vision. You want it, want you to get the actual day-to-day and the actual experiences so that you can say well maybe i thought product marketing now i'm thinking more sales you know maybe i thought that you know sales sounds you know just something that that would actually help you as you're you're making um your decisions and then on the other side you know we work with universities as well as um um, employers with on the university side you know we you know provide um you know unique perspectives from various passion industries so we basically work at them to create some programs. The first program we created was with, with Parsons, and that's a fashion course. And um, we essentially took every every feedback we got and turned that into um, a certificate course, Turned and, um, and we worked at Parsons and Teen Vogue to produce that. And we what we did was we tied in all the industry experts in the fashion industry from all the diverse areas that uh, make up the industry and had them talk about just exactly what it's like to get in there. And in the future, we want to work, you know, like with um, media, tech and sports and all that kind of stuff. But the whole thing is to give you what it's like from a university point of view, what it's like from an employee point of view and what it's like from your point of view. So that's the goal. Yep. Yep. And and, uh, man, it's such a needed resource. And I'm glad that someone's done it. Uh, because you know, I I don't think that I <laughs> I had the ability to take that on like you did, and you've done an incredible <laughs> job with it. And um, you know, it's 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 going to save a lot of people a lot of time and potentially a lot a lot of money and student loan debt and all this stuff. So for those of you listening who are either looking to go into college or looking to you know potentially go into a new field and take on a college degree or loans and stuff like that, please check out this site and see if it's meant for you. And for those of you who know somebody, please refer them to this site because it's going to provide insight to these career paths. You can look at different employer options. You can check out schools, 
all this stuff straight from this site. It's going to give this person that you know some insight into the area that they potentially want to go into and, and help them decide if that's something that they really want to do or not once they see these day-to-day and once they see what it's really about. So, Tayo, um, let's now just... <laughs> yeah, no, I man, it's uh, it really is an awesome resource, and I wouldn't just say that just because you know I got you on the show. I really do believe that. I wouldn't throw something out there that I I didn't truly believe in. But uh, it's now time to get into the rapid fire portion of the show. So Ooh. Tayo, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we made it. We made it. So when you think of the word success, who is the first person that comes to mind, and why? Oprah Winfrey. I mean, I I know it's the classic cliche thing. Um, Oprah Winfrey. As the first person I think to mind, and that's because I think she she made her own way. I, I you know she didn't she graduated she didn't graduate from college. She left like a few credits left, but she decided that she was not going to be a product of her environment, and she turned that into um, a multimedia empire. Um, I could go on and on, but it's rapid fire. But yeah, Oprah is the first person I think of. Yeah, and uh, for those of you who who have the uh, the generic view of Oprah and uh, don't don't think she's she's doing incredible things, you have to check out her story because yep. she is not that common, you know, uh, perception that people have of her. She is not that at all, and I oh, truly agree yeah. with you. She is she is incredible. Obviously, with her own television network and magazine, I mean, she runs uh, the media world. So definitely someone to aspire to be like. Now, Tayo, um, is there a book that you've gifted to people the most, or is there a book that you often recommend to people uh, to read uh, more than any others? The Alchemist. Now, I, I'm a big Harry Potter fan, but I don't think that's relevant for the audience right now. <laughs> but The Alchemist is, is what I'll say. But, and it's, it's a very short read. It's by Paulo Coelho. And, um, it, you know, if you listen to the interview and you listen to me and you read the book, you find that the one theme with me is that constant search for truth constant search for your, your your life's mission. And that's what the book is about. It's about this guy making his way across the desert to find out what his personal legend is. And some of the, the stories and, and the themes that, that are there just hold true. And I thought I think uh, Paulo does a great job of reminding, reminding us uh, of the power that we have within and the ability that we have to pursue our dreams and not let society define what success is. Yeah, I, I read that book at least once a year, and uh, yeah. he hasn't sold over 150 million copies of books uh, for no reason. So I will link to that in the show notes for those of you listening who want to check that out. Just see that, and you can uh, you can find it very easily, but just search Alchemist. It's all over. All right, so now, Tayo, uh, is there, besides your podcast and besides this podcast, is there another online resource like a YouTube channel, blog, or another podcast that you recommend to people to check out? Well, I mean, besides your podcast, of course, <laughs> but, but um, uh, I, I recommend people checking out Marie Folio's YouTube channel. Uh, Marie Folio, I think she's incredible. I, I think she she's she's very she's got an interesting personality, very vivacious and lively. But she has a way of hitting the truth, and um, she's a, like a weekly resource for me. Uh, another thing I do is I subscribe to Seth Godin's um, blog, so I, I get. Uh, something in my mail every day at like 6 a.m. But check out Marie Foley's YouTube channel and um, Seth Godin's blog. Yeah, yep, Seth Godin's blog. I mean, I'm surprised. He, he does release content every day. I get those emails as well. It's, it's usually very yeah. thought-provoking, good stuff. Um, yeah. So, Tayo, my last question before we kind of wrap things up, if you had to get rid of every single part of your daily routine and you could only keep one part of that routine, what would that one part be and why? <laughs> you are yo this is a great question i, I am totally trying to buy time right now as I'm doing this. um 
the what would I keep? What would I keep? Um, my gratitude. I I make it to uh, write what I'm grateful for that day, and I think that keeps me in a whole positive state of mind. And it reminds me of things that I've taken for granted. So, um, the start of every day and the end of every day, one routine I do is I just write down anything good that I'm grateful for, anything bad that I'm still grateful for. And I think that helps me uh, put things in perspective. So I think if I have my perspective, at least every day, I'll be able to do whatever I need to do. Yep. You answered it just fine, Tayo. No Ooh. worries. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, <yes>. So, <laughs> so Tayo, where can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Obviously, we have UYDmedia.com and we have branded the letter U.com. Where else can people find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, uh, check me out on Twitter. I'm, I'm Ty Roxon and I'm at tyroxon.com. I'm very responsive um, anywhere. Uh, I, I love talking to people and interacting. But yeah, tyroxon.com houses a lot of what I do, uh, pretty much everything that I do. And then um, if you want to reach out to me, you know, I tweet at me and uh, um, I'll make sure I, I respond to you. Perfect. All right. And actually, I lied. I have one more question for you, Tyle. So we always end the show with our guests sharing their favorite quote. So what is the quote that you'd like to share with us today? The person who says that uh, he can and the person who says that he can't are both usually right. I love so, it. Yeah. It's a matter of how you think. I love it. What a great way to end the show. Tyle, man, thank you so much for taking the time to come chat with us today. I know I've learned a ton uh, and I can guarantee that our audience has as well. Anytime, man. Anything I can do for, for you, uh, I'd love to do. So awesome. thank you for having me on. Of course. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. If you guys enjoyed that episode, please let us know. Find us at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We're going to be at Yield Mastermind on all those platforms. Check out our website, yieldmastermind.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those platforms. Please reach out to us. Let us know if you like the show. Let us know if you're loving the content. Please write us a review on iTunes if you feel the desire to. We really appreciate hearing from our audience and really understanding if you guys are loving what you're hearing or if you guys would like to hear something totally different. We're always open to that stuff. Thanks for listening. We hope you are enjoying this show as much as we are, and we can't wait for you guys to tune in next time.